Welcome to Sparkle and Substack with me, Claire Venus. I'm an engagement consultant and mentor, and I started my journey with Substack in April 2022. My Sparkle and Substack publication was born out of my own journey of being a creative who also writes. I'm so excited to bring you tips, tools, and the voices of brilliant online creatives who are as passionate as me about you staying creative on the platform. Welcome back to another Sparkle on Substack podcast with me, Claire Venus. I am an engagement consultant and mentor, and I absolutely love Substack, as does my new friend, Sarah Faye. So we decided just to kind of connect and chat and make friends a little bit over Zoom. She's in the States, I think. I'm here in the UK. And so it's early morning, her time, and it is two, three-ish in the afternoon, my time. And I'm so delighted that you had time to come and speak to me. Hi, Sarah Faye. Hi there. Thank you so much for having me. And just to explain anyone who's watching video, I'm in my um, bedroom <laughs> sound studio. So that's where I am right now. I thought we were going to be just audio, but I'm totally, just going to chat. Well, we, but do you know what? I actually, we were saying this, I think the sound's amazing. And sometimes next to those soft furnishings, that's actually the place to be, isn't it? For getting the good it quality is. audio and stuff. Yeah. So we were just chatting a little bit about Sarah Faye's journey with Substack, my journey with Substack, how we're kind of using the platform and utilizing the platform. And she made a really interesting point, which I think I forget about a lot, that it isn't the easiest platform to just jump on and use. Like there are a lot of options. It's very multi-layered. It's very mixed media if you want it to be. And I, I do tend to forget that. I'm like, okay, there's this bit and this bit. And I think part of that is because I've been on there since April, 2022. And every time a new change has come in, I've been like literally with my phone, like, oh, wow, look at this cool new change. So I think some of it's that. And I think some of it is that Substack seems to be very responsive to what we as writers and creatives want to do with the platform. Would you say that's right? Absolutely. And it's not just the tech. One thing I meet one-to-one with writers and, and we were talking about this, but so many publishers, so many agents are like, get on Substack, get on Substack, get on Substack, but they aren't telling them what to do. And mm-hmm. Substack is such a unique platform. It's like, it's unlike any other. So what works on Medium will not work on here. What works on you know LinkedIn is not going to work on here. And so writers really need to find who they are on the platform and then what they do well. And so one thing I work with, which you you can't get these tips on the internet, right? How do you find out who you are as a writer and how do you take your talents and your expertise and most of all your interests and translate them onto the platform? And they they should be weird. Like, like Substack <laughs> is very good at weird combinations like Joyce Vance, who writes about mm-hmm. politics and chickens, you know, and there's another Substack writer. I, I've been dying to find her. I can't find her again, but she writes about history and cupcakes. You're like, what? Yeah. And, and it yeah. just works. So yeah. who you are, we want to see who you are. Mm. And yes, we want your writing and, and absolutely. And we want something else, like a kind of who you, what obsesses you is how the Substack people and I have talked about it. What's the thing you can talk about or write about endlessly? That's yes. your Substack. And, and if it's gardening- that's it. That's it. And and getting into that flow space where you're just almost addicted to be able to show up, right? I think that's, we've spoken about that a little bit. And there is that kind of like, I'm in my flow. I'm in my space where I know exactly what I want to do. And I think that that it's almost the opposite to indecision. You know, when you kind of just 
feel on fire you've got that fire in your belly and you just know okay like this is where I'm heading and actually for me for the first time on any platform I have zoomed out 10 years right and I've gone you know what I'm going to hold 10 years in my heart and ask myself what I really want you know because why not like why not and I should get you to introduce who you are and what brought you to the platform because it's that it's that isn't it people want to know who like why why Substack why now and where did it all come from um, and we'd love to hear that from you Sarah if you don't mind well I was one of those writers who my marketing person at HarperCollins when my memoir pathological was coming out she said you've got to get on Substack okay. and so I did like every other writer and I just went on and I started writing I thought I had a really great idea which it was called start with a question <laughs> and so I would ask a question and then answer it in every post so, and they were very, you know, um, like, is there life after death? So they were very kind of large, uh, larger questions. And my Substack did not grow at all. Like not at all. It didn't budge. I had a very small list and it just didn't, I didn't know how to work the platform. I knew none of the ins and outs. I knew none of these things. And then I started Writers at Work, which was my second. So that was going to be my teaching Substack. And originally I just wanted to teach serialization and then it just got broader and broader. So again, by way of introduction, I'm in addition to being a writer at HarperCollins, I'm also a professor. So I teach creative writing and I have for 15 years. And so it made sense to teach serialization. I also have a PhD and an MFA. So my part of my doctoral dissertation was on the form of serialization. So I just thought, oh my gosh. And Chuck Polinick was on here. And then so was Salman Rushdie. And so that really interested me. And then Writers at Work just bloomed from there and it broadened um, to being about actually just any type of writing on Substack, mm -hmm. how writers can master the platform. Because very quickly I saw, wait a second, writers can make a living on here. Mm -hmm. And because I've taught in MFA programs for so long where we really don't teach writers to be professional writers and make a living, we teach them this really niche, really kind of elite literary form of writing, which is lovely. <laughs> and it doesn't sell, it doesn't sell books. And it's very hard to get a book deal for that. So that we're teaching them to continue to teach that type of writing in creative writing programs. But what's happened is those jobs are gone in the States now. So those programs are shrinking. There are too many people with MFAs, too many people who want to write that kind of house, hothouse literature and teach as their main source of income. Mm -hmm. So suddenly here was Substack and it just made me so excited because I've been publishing freelance for 20 years. So for the New York times and the Atlantic and everywhere, and it was so hard to make a living. And then suddenly there's this platform that is so generous to us that was set up by Chris Best and Hamish McKenzie for writers to make a living. <laughs> they are taking a cut so we can make a living versus medium, which is the opposite. So we get all but 10% of the subscriptions that we bring in for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then the other beautiful part is as a writer, you own your email list. So you can be on Instagram and Facebook forever. And if they shut down tomorrow, those followers are gone. Yeah. The other thing is that books don't sell on social media. It's a very, very small conversion rate. So in many ways, writers are wasting their time on, on that kind of thing versus Substack we have an email list 
and that converts the best. So to sell books, the email list is the way to go. So Substack just offers these crazy opportunities. Mm-hmm. On top of that, we it also gives us a place to sell what in the States we call, and maybe they, they call it this in England too, but the backlist. So basically, you know, you put out a memoir like I did, you're the biggest thing in the world for three months, <laughs> and then it's over. And it like, that's it. And they give you no more publicity support. It's just you're on the backlist, but suddenly Substack gives us a place to sell our books, meaning we can have them in every post. So at the bottom, what I do on Cured is I have pathological and an opportunity to buy that book for people who are interested in mental health and the mental health system and how we view mental health. Um, So again, here my backlist quote, you know, backlisted book is alive and well, So given all these opportunities, I just, I love teaching writers how to be writers (laughs) and and that's what writers at work does and how to master the art and business of the platform, because it's really challenging and you do have to know who you are so that you can get that traction. Mm -hmm. And now for, I got rid of start with a question (laughs) and Mm -hmm. my agent introduced me to the people at Substack. And so I got to meet with the head of writer relations and she just sat down with me and said, do this, do this, do this, do this. And I did it. And it was like day and night. And suddenly I was getting so much traction with, with basically my, the sequel to pathological, which is called cured, which I am serializing. So I have two sub stacks. One is cured, which is my author sub stack. And then writers at work is where I teach writers to do essentially what Substack taught me to do. Mm-hmm. So I have this incredible relationship with them and I can ask them any questions, but I asked them, can I teach other writers on the platform, everything you taught me? And they said, absolutely. Please. Yeah, they're a yeah, big fan they're of that. They're so wonderful. There. Yeah. And actually, you just had a Zoom interview with Sophia, didn't you? Who's, I think, yeah. so does she, is she worldwide or is she just US based in terms of writer relations? Maybe, I don't know. There's a few at the company now. I mean, there's a fair few of them, isn't there? So we have Farah Store in the UK, yeah. who's, I think, She's maybe UK. head of partnerships in the UK. So she is going to host a workshop for, um, a writing collaborative that I used to work for called New Writer North and they're like the the writing agency for the north of England so they do a lot of introducing writers to other writers to agents they've got all sorts of incredible courses they've got a festival they have groups of young people that they teach to be writers they're an amazing agency so she's going to do this session and I wrote to them and said could we offer it out to the people that I work with County of Northumberland who are creatives who also write which is my tag you know so I came to Substack as a creative producer and was really interested in this writery voice that I had that was separate to the work that I do so I was like if I didn't blog about work like what would my voice sound like so I'm still on that journey and still figuring that out but very quickly like you I noticed that actually people were engaged and reading my stuff for what felt like the first time in ages so I since looked up the statistic and it's people are 40% more likely to buy from you as an author or as a creative business person via email than they are via social media, 40% more. So it's massive. Um, But also the second part of that is in terms of spending time on social media, which we were all taught to do. And during the pandemic, I did even more courses thinking I must be missing something like I'm an intelligent woman. (laughs) I can get it. It's people are so distracted and Substack takes that away from us you know it's not the same like when I 
have deleted a social media platform from my phone. And I did this as a test. I did this in December for, I think it ended up being about three weeks. I had no craving to go back to Instagram and Instagram was the one that I deleted. I don't have any others on my phone. So I just had the Substack app on my phone and I was like, I feel like I've got my brain back. I feel like I can read and absorb people's words and then finish a whole piece and be ready to read another one, you know? So there was that shift for me, where I was like, this is a really precious and different space. And if other people are feeling the same way as me, which lots of them have said that they are, then we've got a real opportunity to kind of say, yeah, we've been there and we've tried it, but you know what? Like we're done. We're done just feeding a hungry ghost. And we actually want to do something that feels good and feels like something that we can own for the future, like you say, and something where we can actually grow who we are without kind of tripping into comparison and all of that sort of stuff. Because you're really amazing at this and so generous at saying Substack is our place to figure out who we are. There's not this cookie cutout that you're going to find and that's how you go and do it and how you go and copy and everyone will succeed that way. It's like, no, no, just find out who you are, right? And we have the best writers on the platform. So there is this level of expectation that's really high, which is actually a great thing for a writer. If you want to be on the platform to grow as a writer, this is the place. And we were talking about this too, that before MFA programs in the States, our master writers learned on the job. They wrote, (laughs) they didn't take a workshop. They didn't get together and write, you know, they wrote and they published, many of them were journalists. So they were just doing it on the job. And that's what Mm -hmm. Substack offers, which is just, you don't get it anywhere else. On Medium, you have to write like Medium and what Mm -hmm. what Medium wants. Mm -hmm. And it's not great writing, it's it's just not. And so like you said, when you're on the app or you're just, it's reading, you're not just scrolling through social media. Mm -hmm. I was never, I'm not good at social media, nor do I like it very much. And I have a friend who's a great writer and she's just so good at it. And the one thing I'll say though, kind of, I'm not in favor of it in any way. (laughs) No, I am. If you want to do it, go for it. I love the cat videos on Instagram, (laughs) but you know, it gives me so much pleasure. I'm actually not on there anymore either. Same thing because Substack has created notes, um, which is its own internal social media network. And Claire, you're really great on notes. Um, I'm even not that great on notes, I don't think, but because social media just doesn't speak to me in any way, Um, though I love notes more than any other. But one thing I'll say for anyone listening who has a large social media following, I've worked with writers where our goal is like they don't, one writer I work with, she has nothing on Substack. (laughs) She's just, she's very new to the platform, but she has a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And our whole goal is like, get them to Substack. So she's actually one of the top selling Substacks and she's got like three posts, but it doesn't matter what we're trying to do. And what I recommend every writer do is get your followers Mm -hmm. onto Substack. So you have them on your email list and stop giving Mark Zuckerberg money. Like that's all we're doing when we're on Instagram or Facebook. And it's just, I think the other thing that I love so much about Substack is the whole kind of ethos of it is that writers deserve to be paid for their work. We don't ask any other profession to work for free, except maybe artists sometimes, as you know, but there's no reason why we aren't being paid. And and this idea that you should be giving away so much for free, which I do on Writers at Work and I love to do, um, but as a writer, you know, that's that's not, it's not healthy. It's not good for your mind and it's not good for your craft. 
And there's only so many hours of writing time we've got, right? So it's about that balance of, yes, giving value. And I feel like you do this really well. And I feel like I've got a balance there where I want to give value and I want to be generous in my spirit. But I also want to have this as another income stream to my business because I work in the arts and heritage sector and it's it's really struggling here in the UK. It's not easy I apply for funding a lot, you know, I've just had four rejections in a row, like that doesn't feel great. Like when you're more than halfway through your career and you're still dealing with like this whole pendulum swing of like, will they give us the money? Will they not give us the money? So I've been, yeah, I've been doing this dance for a long time now. And the reason that I'm putting energy into Substack is because I can see another way through. And that is the 10 year plan. It's like, okay, but if I keep doing this for 10 years, if I keep showing up, if I keep growing my own confidence, if I keep fathoming out what it is that people want to learn from me, then that's great, isn't it? Like who knows where it can go. And actually there was nothing really happening with that before. It just felt like some secret that I was never let in on and I did I did like a little bit of work with influencers social media influencers on a funded project for mums that I run and it was really really telling because I got to understand how it all works behind the scenes and it's all hacks so it wasn't like the quality was kind of coming rising to the top or anything it was just like this is how you hack the system and this is how I can try and sell more of your journals for you and I was like Oh, I don't want to do, I don't want to do, I don't want to do that. Like I want people to want to buy my journal for mums. Like I'm really proud of it. It's an incredible piece of art. It's an incredible memory making space. And it's really going to help women in the first throes of motherhood. You know, I don't, yeah, it was just, it was really, it was a real values clash for me. And I was like, okay, like I need to step back from this and think about things in other ways because I genuinely feel like like you showing up as yourself and being able to be honest about parts of your story maybe all of your story that's kind of possible right we don't have to like I don't know there doesn't have to be all of these kind of weird layers of manipulation <laughs> Just like I don't know how else to say it and the other thing for anyone listening if you're not a writer there's a space for you on Substack a huge space 80% yeah, sure. of it is journalists that's true but there right, is, is it? Know, okay yeah it's very but that's what they um it's why who they catered to first i don't first, mean catered yeah. to but who they mm -hmm. really wanted to serve first because mm -hmm. in the states so much of journalism was being dictated by advertising mm -hmm. and yeah, you know same here. so that substack became a place for really amazing journalists i mean pulitzer mm -hmm. prize winners to have their own space and be able to write what they want to write. And one thing I love about reading Substacks is I feel like I'm reading a person and not an editorial board or an editor's work. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's just so different and so refreshing. And so if you're not a writer, come to the platform. I, I work with so many clients helping them on the platform. And I just finished helping the ex-public facing official i think her name her title was at facebook like she's and okay. she's an amazing journalist who writes yeah. about the intersection of tech and democracy her name's katie harbath if you want to go okay. get her sub snack mm -hmm. and then i've worked with you know amazing best-selling writers of course mm -hmm. but also healthcare professionals i've worked with sci science writers you know scientists it, there's just so much space here mm -hmm. um for everyone to really 
create and carve out a place to do a little bit more and give a little bit more of their profession to people, but also bring people over, you know, if they have other services, which we've talked about. So mm. bring people to, for instance, I'm working with a psychologist and she wants to do more group work. And so that's what we're doing with her Substack. It's like, how can she offer things for free and then create a private practice that she really wants? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. And I noticed that you just worked with Beth Spencer. So Beth yeah. with the cats and all of her gorgeous, like she does introvert drawing club and all of that sort of thing. And it was just for me. So I won like a three month paid membership to her stuff. And it was incredible to spend time there. And a few of the videos that I did watch, I really wanted to get my nine year old involved and we just missed that window. But I'm going to repay once we get in a, um, in a termly schedule. But what was beautiful about the way that Beth was showing up for me, coming at it as like from a creative point of view and having worked with all of the different multitude of artists that I have over my career was like, okay, like there's a confidence here, but there's also a test and adjust. Like I just watched her in real time do that. And she's just hit bestseller. Like she's just yeah. doing so well. She just become a featured publication. We should probably explain what that is, I think. Um, but I just feel so pleased for her because it's come from a space of experimenting showing up for a community having fun like I just always feel like she's having the most fun um it's just yeah. yeah it's just so lovely to kind of watch all of that stuff so you've worked with her and yeah I just mentioned that she'd become a Substack bestseller but then also she was a featured publication can you explain to everybody what that means so what Substack does and I also have um, a post on this in, at Writers at Work um, where I got to talk to Hannah Ray, who is the person who's really in charge of choosing. She curates what's called Substack Reads. And when you are chosen for Substack Reads, um, which is a really coveted thing, obviously, because it can bring in a lot of subscribers and get you a lot of visibility, um, that is what we call featured. You can also be featured if sub something called Substack Writers, um, I think if they call i think that they cite you on um notes so there are different ways but the main way is substack reads that's really what people want because it can bring in a huge number of subscribers which you know is why we're on here and it's going all the time of, as well isn't it like i think somebody yeah. in the early days when i was on someone had said oh there were 700 of you new this week because yeah. i was featured you know so they gave that number away which i always think is so helpful you know it's like oh well, what how many and what is it and obviously it's going to depend on the person and the style of publication and all that but that was super helpful but that was right at the beginning so there'll be more people on the platform now and people are using it in more interactive ways definitely from when I first started. So yeah, it could be, could be thousands, couldn't it? And both of my Substacks have been featured and it's on Substack Reads. And one thing to remember is I write, you know, my Substack, sorry, that's the cats. Oh, okay. cats are Hi, here. Cats. So <laughs> I'd love them like, to come on the video. I know they're the hiding for the video, but. How many um, cats have you got? Two. Okay. In my head, you've got like six, but you know, know, I've just made that I, up about you. I've just made that I love up them completely. So much. But okay. um, so sub so both were featured. And mm. the reason why I mentioned that is cured, you know, is my author substack, and I'm serializing a memoir about mental health recovery. Mm. Totally different than writers at work, where I really mm. serve writers on the platform and professionals mm. on the platform who, you know, want to be successful on it. So this is all to say you don't have to be doing something in particular to 
be noticed basically and get chosen. And they have a very intricate criteria, um, which I talk about in the post. And one thing about it though, that Hannah was really um, kind of emphasized a lot was that curation is an art, not a science. So there's also something very kind of ethereal or something we can't name that goes into those choices. Um, so yeah, so that's that's wonderful. And going back to Beth, what's so funny about her, I work with writers and some writers need six sessions with me. Beth needed one. I gave her, so I sit down with writers and we really look at how their substacks are going, what their goals are for the platform, what their goals are professionally. And then I go through basically these five steps of what makes a successful substack, again, based on the advice that I received from substack. So it's not just theory or something that works on another platform. It's specific to substack. So how to do publicity, also how to do your, you know, communicate with subscribers what you offer, which is super important and communicate with yourself what you off, what you offer. Um, but then building community on your Substack, which is so important in retaining subscribers. Um, and then also looking at, um, as I said, publicity, but external and internal. So we go through all of that. Beth needed one session. <laughs> And after our session, she became a bestseller. She did. I think she did two. She said, I think she did one one thing that I told her to do. And she was like, bestseller. It is just so so, great. Sometimes, isn't it just that that reflection? Like I do mentoring as part of my portfolio of work as well. And sometimes I just feel like I'm a giant mirror. Like, yes, all right. Like I'm confident enough to pull things out and like really get people have a look at it, having a look at things. But it is often just that giant mirror, like look how amazing you are and everything that you're doing. And actually like, this is what's in the way, like this thing and this thing. And it's just such magical work. I adore it. I've done it my entire career, which feels like strange to say, but it's like, it's always just been part of the way that I work holistically. I think it's just, there must be something in an Enneagram thing or a sort of human design thing. I'm just, I'm not very up on that stuff, but there must just be something in me. And like, maybe the same with you where it's like, okay, like this is just our heart-centered Dharma work. This is our true North. We've got to do this work as well as the other work. And what I was going to ask you to do for us today is just share your substack with us, because I think it's a really brilliant example of how you can have multiple parts of your you froze. I'm not sure. Not, but actually, in terms of being able to just give some space to how you want to show up. I think Substack gives us plenty. It's very expansive, isn't it? So if you can talk us through how you've done it, that would be so cool. Thank you. Let Definitely. And just going back to what you said, what I think is cool too is, and this is so important and something Sophia in that uh, interview that I did with her really emphasized, and we were talking about this, is that there is no competition on Substack. <laughs> you know, that because you are wholly yourself, you can't compete with anyone. That is what makes you succeed. So there is no other you on there. Um, And even with us, we do similar things, but you're very geared. And what I love about what you do is you're very geared toward the kind of creative spark of it all, right? Sparkle on Substack. <laughs> Whereas my Substack is called Writers at Work. <laughs> and Get so to work. It's, Get to it's work. hilarious. Stop on. Yeah, no, I love it. No, I love it. Yeah. So I'm very, I'm much more about, and 
you know, getting people an income and and being a pro, a pro on here. Mm-hmm. And that riles some people, you know, like not mm-hmm. very many because most people are on here to do that. But mm-hmm. sometimes I think there's two types of people on Substack. And one is creatives who really want to explore their creativity. Mm-hmm. Well, the other is creatives and professionals who want to make a living. And it's so funny that we serve those two different types of people, which is so yeah. great. Is it, so is yeah, it I'll take permission. Okay. Is it given the permission? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. Great. Yeah. I just, I think on that as well, I think what's bubbled up for me that I didn't really realize, and I'm maybe taking for granted a little bit um, because I've been on Substack for a while now is that permission to take up space. So what I really loved about Substack and it's not like this now was there was no indication as to how many subscribers a writer had. So I found myself just reading really incredible work and I had no idea who that writer was before I kind of read their work. And then as they added in, okay, you can look them up on LinkedIn or Instagram or you can find the books or whatever. It changed slightly, but it gave us that spaciousness to just appreciate each other's work for what it was in the here and now and I feel like we've still got some of that like obviously they want to put the numbers on and that's absolutely fine and they've moved in that direction but I do think that there's a real magic in just not worrying about what everybody else is reading and just go well what you what do you want to search for on Substack what do you want to read like what feels important to you subscribe to that you know and one thing I really talk about with writers that's so so important and well I should say the people I work with is what are your goals? Because there are different ways to use Substack. People focus so much on subscribers, which is true. But for instance, and we'll talk about Cured, um, my goal there is I'm serializing the sequel to Pathological with my agent and my editor at HarperCollins. And there are many reasons why we're doing that. But the whole goal is just media attention. So I don't even look at subscriber numbers. I never, you know, I, I do every once in a while, but that's not the goal. And with, um, with that site too, what I really want to do is sell pathological and get pathological Mm -hmm. out to people. Because although I had all this publicity and New York times review and NPR and all of that, when it came out, that dies off um, Mm -hmm. after you have a book Mm -hmm. come out and what Substack does for people. And I hope everyone listening who's an author and feels like, my book just died. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it has a long life on Substack and that's mm-hmm. so exciting for us. So there so are many exciting. different ways to do it. And some people, like I said, with the psychologist, she wants to bring in clients. Well, then your subscribers matter kind of, but you have a different goal. So again, like you said, I also think the numbers are a little silly that people mm. post on notes, like their graph of how many <laughs> subscribers they have. And I get it. And I want to celebrate with them too, but it's a little yeah. silly. I think, you yeah. know, th- that's sort of not the point because a-, a lot of subscribers for me is different from someone who's writing finance or who's right, who's a journalist, they are just going to have more subscribers because of the category we're in and what we're doing. And what's happening. And yeah, a lot of people want to write a best selling book. So it's a big push and has been a big push. And I'm sure it's the same in the States, but it's been like a big push on pre orders and a big sort of marketing machine to write a bestseller, Sunday Times bestseller, like that's the goal, you know, and it can be crushing for people when they don't get there. And I think that 
it's just super interesting how that bit of the picture has panned out and how much pressure is on writers to kind of get those subscribers. Oh, it's kicked us off for some reason. No, I actually did that purposely because okay. um, I have I have two Substacks. So oh, since okay, we're so talking we're gonna, about this, I go, thought yeah. I'd move to Cured. Yeah. So let's do um, let's do let's do Cured because I have not spent any time on Cured, and I would really really like to. I was just telling Sarah Faye that memoir is my favorite medium to write uh, to read. Sorry. So I would love to hear about this one. Did you, so this is your first Substack, right? The first one you started, or did you change writers at work? into right as away from me no so this was the original sub stack that mm-hmm. i had and you can't really see the start with a question anymore like i said you can in the archive but like i said i wanted this is just for media attention it's not just for media attention but it is to get cured out to people um so this is pathological is really my story of illness so the 25 years that i spent in the mental health system i received six different diagnoses and i ended up one of those quote unquote, hopeless cases. So I was chronically suicidal and also couldn't live independently anymore. Uh, So I really hit, you know, I I was the worst case scenario in some ways. It started at 12 and then that was in my mid forties. And what ended up happening, so pathological really recounts that and looks at the dangers of diagnoses. So how unreliable and invalid they are which may sound threatening to people, but that's actually very good news because when I learned that and I got a psychiatrist finally who spoke the word recovery to me, I recovered. I mean, I didn't, this isn't remission. This is full recovery from serious mental illness. And if I can do it, anyone can. But the problem with the way we talk about mental health right now is we aren't talking about recovery. And I didn't hear the word once in the 25 years I was in the mental health system. And that is frightening. Mm -hmm. So what pathological recounts kind of my story of illness, which I think is, it has been very helpful and spoken to a lot of people who also felt lost in the system and like they weren't getting well. And then cured is my story of recovery. So one thing I have here, because this is a serialization and some people don't know you can set up your site so that you have a landing page, essentially. A lot of people do not go to the about page. Mm -hmm. So this is the place where I explain, and I actually have a video. So that's also something that's super exciting with um, Substack. So I can explain cured here Mm -hmm. and what it is and all of that, because serialization doesn't necessarily... um, (laughs) <laughs> just take off on Substack. Mm. Serialization's hard for people, especially if you're serializing fiction. We've never had really a blockbuster. Right now we do have someone serializing a romance novel, actually three people. So I did an interview with them for Substack's podcast and it's um, Mary Trump and uh, well, I listened to that. Yeah, I and Jen that Tra. Podcast. It was great. Yeah, it was really yeah, good. And they're serializing a romance novel and they are obviously quite famous. And so they, it's gotten a ton of traction, um, not only on Substack, but also in mainstream media. So coverage in the times and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So this is all to say that they've done it so, so well. And the one thing that I was doing, but not as much as I should have been, and I'm just moving this around. um, One thing they did was they offer extras and it's super cool what they do. So they offer um, actually like recipes from the book that the main character is drinking and eating and things like that and knitting patterns because the knitting is big in the novel. And so that's something I wanted to do too. So my extras for people, so 
one installment or chapter, if you want to think of it that way from cured comes out every Saturday. And then every Thursday I, or most Thursdays, I give them an interview with an expert. So these are really the the most prominent people in psychiatry. I was very lucky in that when um, pathological came out, it got a lot of attention and I really got to know for instance, Tom Insel, who is the former head of the National Institute for Mental Health. And these are people in psychiatry who really support recovery and really support us going to a recovery model. So that's one thing I offer. And then the other thing, which I love being able to bring people is that the other people's stories of recovery and other people who failed. So inspiring. Look at all of those stories. Wow. And they're just going to get more and more. So when I do end up reaching the end of Cured, you'll still be able to read it on the site. So I have Mm -hmm. all available chapters here. Mm -hmm. So let's say you aren't subscribed. No problem. Like this is the whole book available Mm -hmm. to you. And I read it. So there's audio as well. So you, you read, so the, so a chapter goes in and you also read that chapter aloud and that's in the same post. And then right here. Yeah. And then you'll get to the end and then the book will be a real physical thing. Or will it always just be serialized on Substack with your publishers? Like, what, how does that work? So that's been really interesting. I We assumed, yes, that's exactly what we were going to do. We were mm. going to show proof of concept on here and then go sell it. Okay. And that can work because I actually have a TV appearance coming up and it's gotten great attention. I've had um, I'm going to be on NPR again. And to get that kind of publicity for a serialization on Substack, is, it's hard to get that for a book and with a Amazing, major yeah. house behind you. Yeah. So it shows that really Substack is taken so seriously and that this is a very viable option for, for um, writers. But what's happened, which I found so cool, and it's something I wrote about in a post really encouraging people to serialize their memoirs. When you write a memoir, you are in a room alone (laughs) writing about yourself. That's dangerous stuff (laughs) because you can get really solipsistic and really kind of closed in. And what's been so cool, even though I wrote Cured as a manuscript and sent it to my agent and she was like, let's go sell it. And then we talked it through. And one thing I really wanted to do was change the mental health system and bring recovery into the forefront, which is where it's supposed to be. And so we decided, she said to me something very wise, but she said, um, books don't start social movements, but Substack can. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so interesting that books reflect on social movements that have already happened. So this also felt like a way to spur that. So we thought we would just, I thought I would serialize it through November and then we'd go sell it. But what's actually happened, which I love, is I've decided to maybe write a different book actually and and sell a different book, which is going to be more journalistic and really focus on, it's going to ask the question, instead of just telling my story, it's going to ask the question, why aren't we talking about recovery? What are the things that are preventing us? So again, really focus on other people's stories of recovery and then hearing from experts. And that's super exciting. So one thing I talk about in this post when I encourage people to serialize a a novel or a, a memoir is don't think of it as showing this thing to people that's gotta be perfect. Use it to write a better book. I think this will be a better book that I wouldn't have written before. And then I would have had another memoir come out. And this is also going to really push me as a writer to do. This is a journal. 
pathological is journalistic and that there's a lot of research in there, but this is going to really make me grow. That's what it's done for me. And I just love that. I just think it's so cool. So I do... And I'll speak about this a lot and we use this in a lot of our projects where our main funder Arts Council talk about it around this co-created process. So it's very entrenched in the work that I do, but that's what Substack to me, that's what Substack offers me, that I am co-creating with my subscribers, with my readers, with the people that come to Zoom workshops with me. And that sounds like similar to what's happening here. So as you're publishing it and as more and more interviews and more and more things can kind of be attached to it and you talking to other people that are part of that journey too, that serialization journey. It's like, oh no, actually this is a holistic living, breathing thing that doesn't have an end point as in, okay, that's the book published in however many thousand copies. That's not the end, right? This is a movement and a living, breathing thing that can keep moving. And what's so, and one thing that happened, as I said, I wrote it as a manuscript. So that's a single volume and we have that in mind. I had Mm -hmm. to change it. For Substack, there's the kitty coming. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but Hello. so I had to change it for Substack, and that's one thing a lot of people who try to serialize on Substack don't realize is it's its own genre, and mm-hmm. so serialization is its own thing, mm-hmm. and you have to redo whatever you had in mind, um, and that's a beautiful thing. So I have had to rewrite it for Substack, which I've loved. But the other thing, going to your point, is I've loved this. This is a new, um, this this story of healing just came out, and Cameron is, um, she's a native and is just an amazing young woman, and it did so much better. <laughs> it got so much more attention and excitement than any other post wow. that that's also one of those things that can tell you, wait a second, now for a book, let's get other people in there. Like memoir is great, I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. an inroad it was for insight. sure, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. and we're all, we're all considering how does that relate to me? So my friend's memoir, yeah. I've mentioned um, earlier on when I read it like I just drank it up you know I literally read it in four sittings in between you know the kids just sort of ignored them for a little while like read it before bed <laughs> read it first thing in the morning like I could not get enough of it because I was I know her but I didn't like I didn't know all of these different elements to our story but I was also addicted to reading about her story better understanding mine right and that's yes. what that's what memoir can do it can really unlock those parts of ourselves that we didn't even realize were really important to kind of have and kind of spread out in front of us and have a look at like we would just sort of forgotten or they hadn't felt important or whatever else we've moved on we're busy and I just love memoir as a medium for that I just think that there's a real exchange going on and the way that you're doing this here is so smart wow and especially with such a big topic like mental health like we in the UK you know we've got the NHS and it's crushed and all that sort of stuff you might have heard news reports about all that sort of stuff but the big the biggest crush is young people's mental health because young people's mental health in terms of how young people are kind of dealing with even all of that kind of new space of being able to kind of show up online, when to show up online, how to live this online life and this real life life in real person life. And the two meeting and us as adults trying to support them, it is bringing up a lot of mental health issues for them a lot earlier. And we do not have the services because they've been cut so much, but we didn't really have them anyway to support those young people. So again, with my other work, the creativity and the artist-led stuff that I do, a lot of that is is going into 
communities where young people are really struggling with mental health and offering creativity as a source to really unpack what we can do for well-being through creativity so yeah let's this whole kind of let's have a look at it all and see what we can do with a quite broken system and what i've loved so much too is being able to bring those stories and one thing you know again looking at this other book that will ask questions it will have my story in it but it just mm. won't be the center do you know johan hari no he oh he wrote um lost uh do i have this right yeah lost connections and also he just wrote stolen focus that just came oh, out yeah, um, yeah, but anyway yeah. he's a best-selling he's got one, a yeah. ted talk that you know millions of views yeah I think but he's yes, been really supportive yeah. of my work and and blurbed pathological but i love what he does so he basically does that which is yes memoir is the framework in some ways like it's in there kind of is the jump off point um and and then you go into a more journalistic exploratory thing and one thing i want to you know look at and i have this wonderful um psychiatrist from toronto on here where he really talks about um what it what is going on with youth mental health and one thing i want to ask is is it because we don't ever mention recovery i mean imagine getting sick <laughs> just the flu or whatever and going to the doctor and they never mention how you're going to heal it's absurd and and that's what we're doing right now that's that's the system we're living in yeah. so yeah but yeah but that's cured that's and cured. i can show there it is and then publication number two number two writers at work which is so different and this was you know claire and i were talking but it's one thing substack does not recommend which is having two substacks and i don't with my <laughs> clients <laughs> either <laughs> and yet we both did yeah we exactly did. so but ours were very clear distinctions and like i said i wanted people it's such a different space to come into cured i mean we're writing about mental health it just yeah. didn't make sense to have them anywhere near each other yeah. And, and I think this for is my... me, for me, I'll just say as well, like a lot of people still just read my email. So in the UK, like we haven't got a whole host of people on Substack. Like I've brought a lot of them on. I've tried my best, but we haven't yet. And people are like, what? No, you know. And so for me, it's really important to keep that email relationship with them. So it made much more sense to separate out some of the other stuff that I was doing around building community or teaching Substack because people would have just got sick of those emails. So yeah, it's definitely the right thing for me. It was the right thing for Sarah you can choose yeah exactly i think having that one thing that i though is worth considering which substack really emphasized um is you're competing with yourself if you have mm -hmm. two substacks mm -hmm. and i have had clients who want desperately to do that and they they just have these different parts of themselves that are on different substacks and that's actually those are the parts we want to bring together those are the parts that are going to make your substack successful so people think you have to have you do have to have a focus but it doesn't have to be one part of you or one yeah. interest so this is writers at work um and this is again you know you can set up this homepage the way you want this is just the featured layout if anyone's interested in the tech aspects i'm also in substacks product lab so i know the tech inside and out and get all the new beta stuff before anybody else does which is super cool but what i do again sub this writers at work and claire and i were talking about that this too I offer a very clear service, right? I am helping writers master the platform and helping people, you know, master, learn the art and business of being on Substack. 
whereas cured is creative, um, even though I'm offering these services in the sense of bringing other people's stories to cured, bringing experts in, bringing resources to people. It's really helpful to think that way on Substack. What is a service you can provide? And people don't realize this, but research is a service. Reporting is a service. Community is a service. So there are a lot of different ways to do it on Substack, even if you're just purely a creative. So what I do also is just bring in, you know, lots of interviews with people. So I'm very interested there, you know, there are other people who teach, you know, being on Substack, my what I love about that, again, there's no competition because what Claire does is so different from what I do. Um, and then Russell Nolte is an, um, another one. And what he does is so different. He's a self-published author. He's doesn't have any relationship to traditional publishing and media. Is not interested in book deals. And that's all I'm interested in is mm-hmm. like, how can we use, how can writers use Substack to leverage their career in traditional media and publishing mm. and then how can professionals use it to leverage their careers basically mm. so way more professionally oriented um so again there's just you know if you're it depends on what you want that you would go to one of us versus the other and get the best um you know kind of care we'll call it care because <laughs> you need support on substack yeah um sure. but i offer monthly workshops, which has been so, so fun. So providing value, this idea of that serialization, obviously, because I'm, that's my forte uh, in some ways, and then publicity. And so you can go here and see all the workshops. Um, Also getting subscribers, how to make your about page. So some kind of, a lot of nuts and bolts, and then mainly how to build a Substack that gives you the career you want. So I offer those. this is the Q&A too. I just wanted to point that out for people who are interested. The one well, that we mentioned with yeah, Sophia. It's great, really good. And then I do write, you know, I give, this is also a space too. So I do a lot of, this is kind of my writing on Substack is how I'm trying to take all the wisdom I have as a creative writing professor. How can we use what, let's say a creative writing program teaches you and apply it to Substack because Substack is a different medium and it's a different genre. We're going into people's inboxes, <laughs> right? Yeah. They aren't reading us online. We might be publishing online, but that's not where they're reading us. So we have to think about that. Mm-hmm. We have to take all the craft advice that we've ever been given and kind of reapply it to Substack. So one thing, this was a big, <laughs> this was a big to do, uh, is a, a one post I did about writing less. And it's got all the data. I know you're writing and I know that will have taken you a long time to make sure that you had set that out the way that you wanted to. Like, you know, I read it. It was so carefully considered. I had so many (laughs) thoughts. I had so many thoughts about the way I write, the way I've read other people's writing and skimmed through stuff. You know, I'll admit it, you know, and I just loved it as a piece. I was just like, this is great. Like, however it makes you feel, it's great. You know what I mean? Like, it's important that we get this stuff out there. And it was very well researched and well thought out. And I thought it was brilliant. Well done. (laughs) And it got so much support. There actually Mm. wasn't a lot of bristling or not as much bristling as as I thought there'd be. Um, (laughs) Never you just like, there might be some, but that's all right. Yeah, it's okay. (laughs) But I love long form. I mean, I love it. And the basic argument here is 
give me more content said no one ever. <laughs> like, like there's too much content out there. And so how can we work with our subscribers? How can we really serve them? And one thing I recommend is, yeah, write the long form piece, but do it every fourth piece or, you know, every fourth post or, or something you send and really put the time into it and make sure it needs it. A lot of times what we're doing is writing more because we aren't revising, we aren't editing, we aren't being hard on ourselves and we're rambling. And that's not good long form, right? We want great long form is what yeah. we want. Yeah. So I focus a lot on teaching how to write and be the best writer you can on Substack. And then I do do some essays. So obviously I worked at the Paris Review. So I was a um, interviewer and an advisory editor and have written for you know the New York Times, as I said, and other places. So I do love to still write about writing and literature and just sort of this, you know, amazing, you know, heritage that we are all writing into. Um, mm -hmm. So this is about kind of our, that's where the term writers at work comes from. I chose that title because that's what the interview series at the Paris Review is called. And this obsession with how do we work, because that's what I'm trying to teach people is how do you work? How do you work on Substack to make a living? And then I teach, I do have many courses available if you want to serialize your novel or memoir, because these are to prep it. You don't have to write it beforehand the way I did. Um, you can, of course, take a manuscript and apply it, um, but you also really need to just pre prep it. And so I use all the, you know, kind of all the things that I do, and you can use this for a single volume, you know, a single manuscript as well, but it basically just takes you through, you know, plot character, but how to sketch it and not get too far into it, basically just to prepare to write it. And, are those, and then I have a do those bunch. courses go somewhere else there or are they like that's you're clicking that and that'll be like a series of posts that people can follow through to learn or is that going to take people off the platform to learn, you know, on a course platform somewhere? No. And I've talked to, uh, you know, so this is all right here. So you yeah, just okay. click it. And so it's just behind your paywall, essentially. Yeah. yeah. These are just the workshops. Um, this one, you the workshops you can buy separately on, you know, my other site, okay. uh, my teaching, you know, you can buy just the course because a lot of people aren't necessarily wanting to subscribe. Maybe they're not, you know, fully on Substack or something, okay. or they just want the publicity workshop, or they just want this. So then you go to the classes and they're all right. on here. I mean, I wish that I've asked Substack to even make this, the platform more amenable to teaching. Mm -hmm. Like for you, mm -hmm. um, I know you go to YouTube as well. So yeah, just, uh, you just find the workarounds, don't you? But I, I do think a lot of it is in what we call it. So I do try and spend a bit of time thinking about what is the title of this post? Because nobody really cares that it's a post. I know it's a post and that's fine, but it's that, right. how do you describe what it is? Because then when you unpack it you know it can be writing and audio and video and that's what I just did in my last post which was a recording of the session but I decided to share it as an audio because I didn't do much screen sharing I thought great well I'll stick the audio and people can listen to it podcast style if that's what they want 
So, yeah, I just think it's really interesting as we, you know, we're so used to podcasts with show notes, aren't we? And actually it's, it's a little, it can be a little bit like that, but also there are other spaces to kind of just set out, okay, what about you think about these two questions as well? You know, this came to me afterwards or it's just, like I said, a living, breathing thing. It's great. And it's great to see how you've organized it. I think, I don't know that I know how to do what you've done here. I think it must be you know, in terms of those titles, like the way that you've set those up, yeah. maybe there's yes. a new, new-ish way to do this that isn't on one of the standard um, layouts. I think I have to have yeah. a look at that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, in case people who are watching are interested. Um, so yeah, this is just called groups. It's just mm. a different layout. And it was something they had in beta and then okay. now made available. They rolled it out. Yeah. Yeah, because it's really clear. I think that's the thing. Yeah. Like scrolling down, it's like, okay, I know it's essentially a really good website, isn't it? But it's just yeah. without all of the fuss of websites or the overwhelm of sales pages, it's like here it all is. And I'm I'm actually tempted to bring my whole website over here and, okay. and just not have it be a separate mm -hmm. website. So I'm just completely on Substack. Mm. Um so that, you know, then you've got the welcome start here, which explains Substack, but the about which shouldn't be about you. It actually should be called the about your reader page. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but this is going back to what you were talking about. Um, yeah. So this is just basically a new um, layout that they've given to everyone. I think it came about when they were doing the free press. If you know, Barry Weiss's, she's from mm -hmm. the New York times. She has, and many magazines and, and journals are actually just coming mm -hmm. to Substack. Okay. So she started a newspaper. Uh, called the free press and wow. she's got reporters working for her and it's a huge to do. So they did a whole new, a whole separate um, backend for her. Yeah. And okay. I think this was, this was one of the layouts that came from yeah. that. If I'm it's not just, mistaken. It's so brilliant how much has shifted and changed and what's possible and stuff. I know that you've got, so you've got a website URL there. So there's no Substack in that. So did you just plug that in? So that. I don't actually recommend this um, <laughs> because so what happened to me and I could have gotten Substack to do this, but I think Substack is great to have in your, your URL because yeah. it's so prestigious and it just makes you part of the community. What happened with me is you can have, so you, you'll be given a URL mm. and then you can have one, you can change it once. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to make it more, you know, about, you, I could have called this writers at work.substack.com. Mm. Mm -hmm. um, but I changed it once, I think to serialize. And then I wanted to make sure it had writers at work, mostly mm -hmm. for I, I have done quite a bit of, um, you know, podcasts, appearances and that kind of thing for writers at work. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted it to be easy to say, you know, writers yeah. at work.net was just yeah. easier. Mm -hmm. So it's personal preference, but, but I, yeah. I love the Substack URL. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was just really interested. And I think for the artists that I work with, they're still working through how to plug in what they offer, especially if they've commercialized yeah. quite well. They've got their website and they might have a, quite a commercial leading email plug into that. And then they've started a Substack to be more spacious with their writing, to offer yeah. more behind the scenes, like all of that sort of stuff. And that's working well. But like with everything, they end up holding too many things, especially if they're still showing up on social media. And because yeah. Substack is relatively new to us in the UK and the, the people that are 
leading where you know they might discover people I tend to be that kind of journalistic writing and then that imposter syndrome creeps in it's like no no just don't worry about what they're doing like that's great for them that they're journalists but actually it can really work and I mean some of the artists that I'm thinking of they're incredible writers as well it's just they choose that their medium is something else you know they've got a different artistic practice so I just think it's going to be really interesting moving forward how we can get the two things to do a dance together can't we so I just got rid of all of my kind of MailChimp plugins and stuff like that on my own website and it all links through to Substack now so I'm not actively getting anybody into MailChimp but I have to keep MailChimp because otherwise I can't understand who's bought what from me so you know I'm I'm doing that and that's fine it's a workaround for now um and I'm also really interested and you'll have heard a little bit more about this than me I'm also interested in the SEO side because Mm -hmm. the way I've described what I offer my services have just mainly confused people for 10 years so SEO has never done that well for me because it's not a really obvious service that I can offer whereas Substack has done really well for me and people have got it straight away so obviously Mm. for me it makes more sense to put energy and effort into the Substack portal than it does to keep trying with kind of SEO and trying to work things around and add to the website that way so that's what I'm doing and that's not what any SEO teacher would teach me to do but you've Mm. got to find your own way with things hasn't you haven't you like I've been trying to do it since 2017 and it you know it hasn't really worked it hasn't really taken off in that in that way that I thought it might so I think Substack's been an incredible opportunity to set out your stall and and share the way that you want to share and people actually can get that nuance of language and can get that sophistication of multi-hyphen professional because it's all there isn't it here's all of who we who we are our different parts of ourselves and what's what you're speaking to another reason why so many of us love Substack is that they do the SEO for you. It's yeah. not I it's not perfect. So basically mm-hmm. this is my, you know, welcome page. But if you it will only give you, I mean, you can talk probably more about this in the sense of how it works, but you do have to negotiate it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I won't go into it right now because it's probably deadly boring to a lot of people. But um but yeah, that that it takes care of a lot for us. And then you'll mm. notice what it gives you actually. It's not supposed to be a bunch of branding. It's not supposed to look like a website. You know, some people think, oh, they're not, they haven't gotten the accoutrements yet. Mm. No, they purposely do this. It is set up like reader view, right? It looks just like reader view for a reason because they're dedicated to writing. They don't want us doing a bunch of branding. I mean, you can, you can do all that if you want, but no one ever subscribed to a newsletter because it looked pretty. Yeah, I I wholly agree. And I think for me, what, what it enabled being able to just show up and write words on a page was just all of that distraction and that overthinking. We'll see if it goes. Yeah, but it's like, and I still haven't really, like I've done some bits and bobs that have felt good to do, but it's not my plan to do any more than that. Like I love photography, but my photography is based in what I call magic in the mundane. So it's those moments of everyday life that just I'll be with the kids or I'll be out on a walk and stuff. And that 
that creative outlet for me feels like a gratitude practice. And that's what ends up in my Substack. I don't take photos for Substack. Like it's just, that's what I've got on my camera roll, you know, and that's just, a, it's really just to deepen people's relationship with who I am as a person, I think, and who I am as a, as a mum a lot of the time. So yeah, yeah, I think that that works really, really well. And People, I don't think people realize how long that stuff takes. So this is what I've realized about myself. Like even if I set up to try and do some design on my old website, which was WordPress, I would be like two hours deep and it would look worse than when I started. No. <laughs> you know, like you just go on and you just, and then you plug in this thing and it's all amazing. I was like, oh, totally. it's the What's worst so version of what I could have done. What's so funny is there's um, two women have come out uh, They were on Substack before, but they do something and, and it's a lot of branding and they're mm. from social media and I get it. And, and, you know, again, there's room for all of us and there's yeah. room for that, yeah. especially people who love it. But when they came over, they were just really pushing branding and they had this template that they were offering people. And my only problem with branding is you just look like you've been on Canva. Like it all looks the same. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I, but I was seduced by it and I was like, okay, I'm going to do the branding. I'm going to do yeah, the whole thing. Look. And yeah, I spent yeah. like, I spent six hours. I was up at midnight. I go to bed at nine typically. And my, I'm ignoring my beautiful cats. And I'm just, I was like, what am I doing? This is yeah. ridiculous. This is not why I'm on Substack. And yeah. the only thing I was left with was this little squiggly. <laughs> nice. A nice little squiggle. Yeah. <laughs> this is my it. flourish, everybody. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's I as far am- as I got. Yeah. And that's the thing with Canva. I love Canva and I love it because I can communicate an idea really, really quickly for a, for a work project through Canva without having to work with a designer, but I would prefer to work with a designer. It's just a longer process, you know? So if I haven't got time and a commissioner needs something, I'll just quickly jump on and I can do it and it'll look half decent and that's fine, but it looks half decent. It doesn't look like a beautifully designed, professionally designed thing because I mean, I work with incredible artists and designers and my filter and sliding scale of what I want for my own work is that really in within the 10-year plan I would work with an illustrator you know that was that would be my medium of choice and I am working with one for a project Trina she's amazing and what she is able to convey in her beautiful illustrations about our well it's a composting project and people who read my stuff will know about it but I couldn't do that in Canva like there's not there's there just isn't a way you know it's her medium and it's so so beautiful so yes simplicity I think simplicity is really key for anyone just starting but also like Sarah Faye says the goal like get the goal like if you want to go and make pretty things look lovely on the internet like you could do it on some stack, but it's not really for that. Right. And and plus, I just want to say a lot of writers, it's not that I'm not, I'm not visually talented, like no, in the same either. way that a visual artist is. So in yeah. some ways, Claire, you might think it's half decent, but your half decent is going to be a lot better than my uh. half decent. <laughs> so I think that that's it too. It's just a waste of time for me. My, you yeah. know, my, it's not my zone of genius. And, mm. and I think, and, and there, it's just a pressure that I don't want to feel my, my interest yeah. is writing. That's what I yeah, want to do on here. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like, you know, when I read your writing, like it feels so inspiring to me because I can see I've done a couple of writing courses. So we have this um writer in the UK who's published and teaches as well. She's amazing. She runs these courses called Mothership Writers. So you literally jump in while you've got a newborn baby. So it's very, <laughs> there's a lot of tears. It's very like the very short sessions, you know, in and out. And she uses all of these different inspiring 
places that she'll pull from and stuff but she'll get writing writing craft is what it's about so for the first time mm-hmm. we've done a bit of characterization and all of that sort of stuff and I was like oh I'm not interested in that like that's not a thing at all I got so into it you know so now for the first time I'm like okay like writing as a thing like all of it is just fascinating and other writers that write well I just I love it yeah I love it so so good Thank you for sharing your Substack with us. Yeah. That's so good to see and so good to see. And you, you've probably got so many plans for both spaces. Did you say you were finishing up Heward in November time? Yeah, so then it became, okay, am I going to run it again? Should I, you know, because that's not a bad thing to do, right? There are a lot of people who are going to join at that point. But I think instead what I'm, I'm going to just keep going with the stories and the interviews. I'm talking yeah. to my agent this week and we'll, we'll, we'll suss out, you know, the, the book and, and what we want to do with the book proposal. But mm-hmm. again, I'm just super excited about doing a different kind of book. That's a little less about me. And I have nothing, I have no memoirs left of me. <laughs> I want the rest <laughs> of my life to be incredibly boring. I never <laughs> want to write about myself again. Um, and, and even though, so hopefully if we go in that direction, I'll be doing a lot of interviews and, mm-hmm. and trying to get, I mean, I would love hundreds of stories up there wow, because be amazing. Re- yeah, recovery looks different for everybody. It's so individual. And that's one of the reasons we haven't embraced it because it doesn't have an easy answer. And it forces us to really look at social and economic injustices and trauma and all these other things that really contribute to, um, you know, mental well-being and mental illness. So that's exciting for Cured. And then Writers at Work is just like the best. It is. I mean, both are, but it's it's just such a great community of writers. They're so supportive of each other and being on here. And then even just on Substack, people love it. And even things, if people don't subscribe, I love being able to, to give them what they can. One thing that's interesting is, you know, as a professor and as a teacher professionally, I really want to offer a lot for free. Um, you know, so that everyone can benefit from this. So I try to keep a lot of the posts free. So the workshops are paid, but at the same time, there's that same pull. A lot of people on Substack are going almost fully paid that, you know, just like Emma Gannon just did that and, and others have done it. So it's a, it's a real, it's, it's hard to decide what to do. I don't know if you've had that. Yeah, definitely. And I think that for me, when I was writing my Stay Creative on Substack posts on my first publication, Creatively Conscious, I actually wrote, I'm not going to do this forever. Like this is me Mm. really testing the water and being supportive and following up because I was spending so much time on Substack. So I just wanted to be really generous in that. But I did see an end point to that. I didn't know what it was going to be. And then I worked with a mentor who was like, you need to take up way more space than this. You love this work. Like you've found a place that means a lot to you, like take up more space. So then it kind of grew into Sparkle on Substack. But again, you know, longer term, I want that to be a community and I want it to grow. And I'd love to be a bestseller. Like that would be incredible for me to be able to do that and I feel like why not you know I could I could totally do that so yeah it's the balance isn't it and I feel like I'm only just getting to grips with what can be possible so I did 11 YouTube tutorials about Substack purposefully to to test the water to see if that did anything with what people were searching for on YouTube Um, and you know it's 
gained some traction and that's great but really what I'm wanting them to do is learn Substack you know learn Substack Mm -hmm. be creative on Substack do that and then for me it was like a little cute test to do like does this work on YouTube are people searching for this is this useful but I just feel like Substack like I said of so many times it's so expansive and everything that they've put energy into since I've been there has blown my mind and I feel it can really shift and change what is quite a sad state of affairs in the way that arts and cultural projects are set up. I think it could be amazing for young people, for younger writers. I don't really see many represented. Mm -hmm. And by younger writers, like I do mean like 16, 17, 18, like the ones I used to work with were absolutely incredible writers in their own right. And they'd found their way, you know, on the internet, other places, how young people do, but why not, you know, like, why not? So yeah, I just think that I've I've had a bit of downtime over summer. Like, you know, I've watched the numbers tick up on all of the publications and been really grateful for that. But I think come autumn time, I'm going to book a meeting with you, like go through okay. my goals, like <laughs> get really expansive about that and just see, you know, just see what's possible. I think there's always been that little bit of me that's like gone, oh, but they might leave, you know, the subscribers mm. might leave or Substack might not, you know, might turn into something that I don't like. And I think it's been long enough now to know that this is, you know, this is my heart centered way. This is where I'm spending my time. It just feels really good. And even, you know, one thing I say, this is your home and it can change. Like, look how you grew and transitioned into this and then it all becomes you. Mm -hmm. So that's what's so beautiful about Substack is, again, that branding. I mean, Mm -hmm. again, so like I'm just against it because it it really is this idea that you have to lock in Mm -hmm. and you have to be one thing and you just don't. You you, you can grow. What I really counsel writers is make this your author home forever. And and how can we do that? that? Mm-hmm. And and really let you be different things and have different aspects of yourself and your interests on here and then change and grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't, Substack won't change in the sense of, and we talked about this too, but the people running it are just fan, fantastic. Yeah. They're just yeah. the best people. And that's get it. That's they the just culture. Really get it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the culture. And it's and it's ingrained and it spills out. That's that spirit of generosity. You know, we we saw it with notes where it was like, well, what is this going to be? And people were yeah. going, Oh, I can't do this and it's too noisy and I don't know. And then now it's like, oh no, it's just lovely and generous. And for the mm-hmm. most part, like even if the conversation's polarizing, it's super interesting and you can get something yeah. from that. And I do subscribe to some substacks that polarize who I am as a person because I'm interested in that space why not like oh okay like I want to know more about what that is in me like they can say what they want in that but I'm going to have these opinions and this kind of push pull of like getting closer to who I am as a writer and a person and a creative so yeah it's good and it just doesn't have that um clickbait like mm-hmm. it, it, clickbait doesn't even work on substack I don't think I feel like all the rules so are different either. and and yeah, when you so have different. that kind of and and it doesn't have that Twitter culture war vibe at all. And it's just, a, it's, a, it's such a smart place. And I don't mean that to intimidate anyone no. because we're all really smart in different ways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but it's a really intelligent place in the sense that it, it does help you see where you are really smart and, and yeah. to kind of explore that too. Yeah. Definitely. So you could go and follow Sarah Faye on Substack. Um, is there anywhere else that people should find you online? Or are you just going to say, just come to my Substack? I, I have, my cats are super famous on Instagram. <laughs> Whenever <laughs> I post, I get like 
30 likes, they get 15,000. So, 15,000 likes on the Instagram. So funny. But I'm just not that. even on there anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think that one thing when we talk about mental health and I was out mm-hmm. to dinner with someone last night who had read pathological and, and she was, you know, still struggling and wanted to meet me. And I, we went to dinner and I, I just, you know, what I was saying to her is we just, this is a weird environment. You know, we're not supposed to live like this. It's not supposed to be like this. And, and I think a big part of my recovery has been learning how I really want to live. And a lot of it is being alone, writing with my cats. Yeah, And good for you, like good for you in knowing that as well, isn't it? Because it's like, this just makes my heart really happy. Like I feel really safe and comfortable and really, you know, confident to show up and, yeah, I mean, even I did, I did just a little quick, like, oh, I'll do a little Instagram update on the holiday. And like, I could find, I could just feel myself getting a bit yeah. fractious. And I just didn't know yeah. why on earth that could have happened <laughs> other than I'd put, yeah. it was literally like less than 24 hours. And I was like, okay, no, no, then, no, then I don't need to do this. You know, it's like you say, we get to choose, don't we? But Guys, listen, like Sarah Faye's been amazing. Choose Substack and don't be overwhelmed. Like we've been using the platform for a long time and we've really made it our own. We've made it our homes. We really enjoy spending time there and we enjoy teaching it. But just carve out your little bit of space for what you want to do. And there's so many resources to jump into from Sarah Faye and from myself. And I hope that you'll find a connect in both places, maybe one or the other. Like we don't mind, do we? We just want people to make Substack their home and kind of um, show their creativity on there so that's all good and I do really recommend booking a meeting a one-to-one I mean you'd be surprised you know my thing and I'm sure you're like this too Claire is I want it to be as efficient and quick as possible you know that we can get as much done in in one session but you can spend years flailing around on Substack and it can (laughs) be really really helpful just as Claire said like to meet with someone who knows and can say do this do this do this and you will save years yeah years and I completely agree with that I completely agree that I think that's a really smart way to describe it because you know we always think oh well you know I'll just make space to read this article and I'll hang out and then all of a sudden three or four months has passed or whatever else like if you just get to the work and you treat it like work and I do agree with Sarah Faye's language on this treat it like work like we're not you know messing about scrolling like we're doing some work here and some work where we can get paid so do that lovely okay well I'll stop the recording we'll say goodbye for now but thanks so much for being on Sparkle on Substack Sarah Faye thank you thank you for having me Thanks so, so much for listening to Sparkle on Substack. There's a whole community over on Substack to connect and chat with. If you'd like to leave me a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts, I'd absolutely love that. See you next time. And remember, great oaks grow from tiny acorn seeds. Sending sparkles to you for your day ahead.